It is our privilege to have Teen Challenge with us this morning. Let's pray for them as they come. Lord Jesus, we pray your blessing on these friends of ours, these brothers and sisters in Christ, that you would anoint them by your spirit for their ministry to us today, and that, they will use, that you will use them to encourage us as you encourage them. We pray this in the strong name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Friends. Good morning. Thank you for having us here this morning. It's our privilege to be able to come and share with you what the Lord is doing at Adult and Teen Challenge in Connecticut. Um, how many of you are familiar with Adult and Teen Challenge? Good, good amount, yeah. Um, a lot of churches we visit are familiar with the history of Teen Challenge with David Wilkerson and how he started the ministry um, in Brooklyn, New York back in 1958. The first center was opened in 1962, um, but the work began really in 1958. Um, when David Wilkerson felt the Holy Spirit convicting him for watching TV, and he decided to um, remove his television from the house. Um, <laughs> uh, he was a very passionate man, so most people would just turn it off. Um, he actually removed it from the house and dedicated that time to prayer. And out of that uh, obedience and passion, um, the first Teen Challenge was started in 1962 in Brooklyn, New York. And since then, there are numerous Teen Challenge, not just in our country, but across the world. And um, we're just very grateful for one man's obedience and the momentum that God was able to use to create all those centers. And then that momentum landed in New Haven, Connecticut in, in 1996 uh, when Pastor Floyd Miles started the Teen Challenge in Connecticut. Um, so we've been serving men uh, who are who are addicted to drugs and alcohol and any life controlling problem because here's the secret it's not really a drug rehab did you know that? It's a discipleship program. So whether you're on drugs or not, if you don't know Jesus, you have a problem. And Teen Challenge likes to take <laughs> and make that problem our mission. So that's what we do. And we've been doing that in New Haven since, uh, in Connecticut, I'm sorry, since 1996. Last year, the Lord was so kind to us and... Um, he allowed us to acquire a brand new campus in Moodus, Connecticut. How many people are familiar with Moodus, Connecticut? Wow, that's a lot. That's a high percentage compared to most churches that we go to. Usually it's just us and the Lord who knows where Moodus is, but <laughs> not for long, I guess, right? Because God's going to do some great things there, and it's going to... Uh, I don't know what Moodus is known for now, but I know what it's going to be known for once God gets moving there. Amen. Um, so we were able to relocate out of the drug-riddled streets of New Haven um, and into the rural community of Moodus, Connecticut. And that was intentional for us to relocate out of the city because it's a great place to evangelize. It's a great place to witness, but we needed a great place to go and plug into the Lord and be insulated from all of those distractions and things that were going on, especially at the young spiritual age that men are in when they come into our program. So the Lord, man, you might be praying for like a prop 
property and you don't have any idea what the dimensions are and what the schematics are, and you might just be praying for like a, you know, two-story, you know, um, five-acre piece of property, and the Lord's like, that's cute, but here's what I have in store. Here's what I have in store for you. 62 acres of beautiful land, 40 buildings. We're still counting. There, there may be more uh, along that property. And... Um, We've renovated four of them to be able to provide housing for 28 men. Um, and we're very grateful for that opportunity. And as you see, it looks beautiful on photo and it sounds great. Uh, but to be there, <laughs> you, um, as soon as you pull in, you become immediately aware of the challenges and the responsibilities that God has given us at this new property. Uh, so please continue to partner with us in prayer for this new property because we want to continue to develop this property into a place where God can reach more than just 28 residents and uh, more than maybe even 50 residents. Uh, we don't know what God has in store, but please continue to pray for us as we develop this property. Um, we are one of the 12 centers in the seven states under the 501c3, so we're a nonprofit. And we are uh, responsible for raising our own funds. We, we partner with local churches, and um, we don't receive any government funding as far as the program is concerned. Um, as I mentioned a little bit of the history of Adult and Teen Challenge, most people aren't typically aware of what takes place on a day-to-day -day basis at the program. So this year we want to take an opportunity to just share some of the things. Um, if you go to the next slide, you'll see it's a pretty extensive paragraph. Par paragraph? <laughs> paragraph. Um, and if I were to read it all, it would uh, take my breath away, honestly. So, but we do provide clinical counseling, we provide daily academic studies, we provide a high set certificate. A lot of men, including myself, when I came into the program um, 23 years ago, I think it is now, uh, I was a dropout from high school. I never finished anything unless it was like, you know, something you shouldn't finish. That, those things I had no problem finishing. <laughs> the things I should have finished, I didn't. Um, but the Lord allowed and used Teen Challenge as a vessel to help me acquire my um, high school certificate and further my education to become a licensed minister. And just when you think like the Lord's like, you know, when you think it's enough, the Lord's like, you haven't even got gotten started yet. So, you know, why don't you just go back to school and get a degree and just keep going and see how far. Um, the Lord does exceedingly and abundantly above and beyond all we could ever think or imagine. And some of the guys might be thinking that they're just coming so that they can stop drinking or stop smoking or stop whatever. But God's like, that's just the infancy of what I'm going to do in your life. There's so much more in store. Amen. But these are all the things. My favorite sentence is Bible studies, prayer, Spiritual enrichment events, that's this, by the way. That's a highly educated word for church. <laughs> we have church at Adult and Teen Challenge Connecticut, and we believe that church um, is the vessel that God uses for his power to flow through and touch broken lives and heal and mend them, and then they become tools that he uses in his kingdom. Um, but at this time, we are going to sing a song, and you'll probably, 
identify rather quickly that we are not talented enough to entertain anyone <laughs> in this place. Unless you have, unless you're tone deaf, then we might be able to, we might be able to entertain you at that point. But what we are capable of is worshiping and praising our Lord and creating an atmosphere where he, uh, where his presence is manifested and he can do amazing things. Um, so that's what we're going to do this morning. And then you're going to hear some stories from men in the program. I 
ask the church to stand up so the song's more appropriate, but it works out well sitting too, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> in, in the gospel, in, in Mark 6, 49, it says, when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately, he spoke with them and he said, have courage, it is I, don't be afraid. And this statement after reading these verses that goes through my head is that Jesus strolls through the storms that stress us out. And the more we walk with him, the more he fills us with his Holy Spirit and gives us the character so that we can stroll through the things trusting in him that used to stress us out. And I, and I think of that phrase in light of that song that we just sang. That I used to think that it was me that didn't stand a chance against all the things that were against me. And I thank whoever the person is that wrote that song and said, no, it's not me that doesn't stand a chance. It's my fear that no longer stands a chance when I'm standing in the love of Jesus Christ. At this time, Eric is going to come and share his testimony. Thank you. <laughs> Good morning, church. Good morning. My name's uh, Eric O'Connell, and uh, I want to share my testimony of uh, God's grace in my life. Um, so my addiction started when I was uh, very young. I was 11 years old, and I was introduced uh, um, to marijuana. And um, quickly, my life uh, kind of became just riddled with drug use. And most of my, uh, all of my teenagers throughout high school became less and less about doing, you know, responsible things and about school and more and more about getting high and partying. And uh, quickly, that quickly progressed into, uh, into harder and harder drugs. And um, when my use became isolated, that's when it got really dangerous. I became addicted to uh, crack cocaine and heroin and stuff like that. And um, I was on a path of self-destruction. And um, when I was 17 years old, I dropped out of high school and because uh, my parents thought it would have been better for me to go to adolescent rehab, which by no means I took seriously, I just wasn't ready. And uh, the moment I got back, I, uh, I got high. And my life kind of became a pattern. That, that was a pattern. My parents tried sending me to multiple rehabs for you know dozens of rehabs across the country and uh, to no avail. And life became very dark for me. My parents separated in a divorce. The house that I grew up in for 21 years, uh, the bank foreclosed and I had to move out of the house. And I was kind of left to my own devices. My parents were gone. They were all in different states. And they were like, good luck. We can't really be around you. You're, you're just, you know what I mean? We don't know what to do with you, which I, um, I didn't know how to take really. But from there, I kind of just set to a life of use and addiction, and it was some of the most darkest, horrific times I could, um, you know, that I went through. And uh, I became homeless, and if I can give you a little, paint you a little picture, I just remember times when I was out in the cold and searching and, um, you know, I mean, sleeping on windowsills that were pushing out a little bit of heat just to stay warm and stay alive throughout the night. These are the, these are the things my addiction brought me to, and um, always just searching, but never finding. So one day I woke up, and, I felt someone tugging on me. I felt a conviction of my use for the first time in a long time. And I heard a voice in my head saying, son, will you go on or have you had enough? And I was like, mm, 
I can't do this anymore. You know, I need, so I called my sister. She picked me up, right? And um, she was like, Eric, tell the Lord that you need him. I was looking for answers. I'm like, I need, I can't do this anymore. Just tell the Lord that you need him. And I was like, Lord, I need you. And with all my heart, you know, I didn't, it wasn't scheduled. It was like flipping the page of a book. This Lord, I need you. I was desperate. My heart needed something. And then boom, I felt answered. My heart was filled with his love. And it was the most amazing moment. I felt love for the first time in 10 years. He saturated every cell in my body with love. And I felt a meaning and a purpose. So I continued, I went to detox, and then I found this program called the Dalton Teen Challenge. And the only prayer I knew how to pray was, Lord, I need you, Lord, I need you, Lord, I need you. And now, life is amazing. The last nine months of my life have been better than the last 10 years of my addiction. God is doing so much for me right now. I have a meaning and a purpose because of this program. They offer an apprenticeship that I, that I aspire to, to, to be in one day. And that's in my meaning and purpose. And God has been aligning and orchestrating my life to this moment. So now I don't let the decisions I've made in my past rule over me. I use them as strength to keep going. I overcame. I overcame. I overcame. Fall, get back up, get back up. So now my suffering is different and I know how to handle it now. I still have pain, I still go through things, right? Because I'm a Christian, my problems didn't go away. But this is the scripture I stand on. Romans chapter five, verse one through five states, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because we know that God has poured out his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Eric. Um, I just want to highlight a part in Eric's testimony. Um, did, you, did you hear the level of sophistication in his prayer? Lord, I need you. Um, <laughs> do you know that the greatest miracle that God is ever going to perform in your life is the miracle of salvation? Splitting the Red Seas is fabulous and tearing down walls and raising the dead and healing physical issues and all of that is obviously needed, but none of them are greater than the miracle of salvation. When, our, when we are born of God and he calls us his sons and he calls us his daughters, that's the greatest miracle that we're ever going to experience. And I believe that miracle all started in Eric's life with that sophisticated prayer, Lord, I need you. And I just want to encourage you that maybe your problems are sophisticated. That doesn't mean your prayer life needs to be. <laughs> problems can be magnificent and problems can be sophisticated, but they come down just as strong with the simplicity of, Lord, I need you. Amen. And how many of us sometimes we're struggling and we don't even know what to pray specifically, but when we pray and we cry out, Lord, I need you. Do you know what his response is? 
is, I know. And not I'm coming, I'm already here. And I've never left you. And I've always been here. And I've just been waiting for you to open up your mouth and cry out for me to help you. And it's at that point that he begins to carry us through whatever it is that we're going through. Amen? And maybe this morning it's not this big drug problem that you're struggling with or this, you know, addiction that you're struggling with. But it doesn't matter how big or small the thing that you're going through is. God cares and he's able. Amen? Um, At this time, Jason is going to come and share his testimony. Good morning, everybody. I'm going to tell you how I was once on the road to salvation. I was once on the road to damnation, and thanks to the glory of God, I am now on the road to salvation. I'll start in 2014. So in 2014, uh, I was diagnosed with what they call degenerative disc disease. So back in 2014, degenerative disc disease, all that meant was you're going to get pain management. Pain management turned out to be 180 painkillers a month. So in 2014, I also got the news that I was going to have a son. Uh, Problem was that I knew that he was about to be born and I couldn't hold him. So I asked the doctors after uh, this failed uh, pain management, I said, can we please get the surgery? And they gave me the surgery and I was better and I was able to hold my son. I got to feel that I got beloved or the closest we'll ever get to it. But unfortunately, they took me off those painkillers so quickly that I developed a heroin addiction. So that beautiful family that I had, I lost it. I had a really good job, I lost it. I was just completely lost. I didn't know God, but I knew there was God, so I joined a church, and I remember driving around one Thursday night, and I'm thinking, I'm just better off just killing myself. No one's gonna miss me. You know, the enemy just had me, you know? I was just... But then I said, you know what? I just, I can't, I can't. I said, Lord, I need you. Lord, help me. And right then and there, it wasn't this big storm cloud. It wasn't that, it was just small, still voice right here. I said, go to church. But I said, God, it's Thursday. He said, go. I said, okay, you're God. I'm not going to argue with you. So I go to this church I just joined, and I'm walking around, and I'm literally having this conversation with God. I'm like, why am I here? What is the point of this? So I walk into this room, and there's literally 30 men in there. They're having a men's group. So I walk in, and one of the gentlemen looks at me and says, son, what's wrong? And I just poured my heart out that night. And that night, I did give my, my heart to the Lord. And for the next five years, it was amazing. I had to co-parent with my son. I got an even better job. Things were great. But we all know that road to damnation is wide and the road to heaven is narrow. And, and unfortunately, October 2019, I relapsed. So I, from that time, I managed to get arrested four times. I overdosed countless times. It was, it was tough. So March 2021, I'm laying in my bed again and I'm thinking, I don't, I don't want to live anymore. The devil had me. And I said, no, no, wait, I'm a child of God. So I said, God, I know I don't deserve this. I don't believe I do, but God, please help me. And how many know that he'll leave the 99 and come for that one? And I'm so glad he did. That day he picked me up and put me on his shoulders and he brought me to Adult and Teen Challenge. Now, since I've been there since March 3rd, 2021, I've had to face things. Just because you put down drugs, as Eric said, it, it doesn't mean that the enemy doesn't keep trying to attack you. Actually, the better you do, the more he attacks you. I, uh, I had to face a jail, I had to uh, face a short jail sentence. I, uh, I also did something in a program that most programs would have kicked you out of, but not this program. This program welcomed me back, said you're forgiven, just like the Lord would. Just do better. Uh, I lost my mother in March, and instead of running away, I ran to the, my family behind me, and I ran to the Lord, and everything was okay. I didn't even cry just because I knew she, was, she suffered, and she was with the Lord. And In July, I graduated the program. 
I became an apprentice. Shortly after, I had fortunately, the last part of these, my past, I had to go away for four, uh, three months to jail. The whole time, they had a little thing that said, pray for Jason. Never left. Every time I called, they answered. The staff would call. I'd call and, hey, how are you? We're praying for you. We're praying for you. That's the kind of people that I want to be associated with. The, the godly people that are behind me. The scripture that I stand on right now is James 2, 4. Count it all joy, brothers and sisters, that may we face trials and tribulations of many kind. Because we know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. But let your perseverance complete its work in you. So you may complete and, and complete imperfect, lacking nothing. Thank you and have a good day. Thanks, Jason. At um, Teen Challenge, we're not, our goal isn't to just raise up men who will follow Jesus. Our goal is to raise up men who will lead others to follow Jesus as well. So we're a di discipleship program, like I mentioned at the beginning of the service. And since uh, Jason has graduated the program, he's decided to stay on as an apprentice and he helped us out. He's been helping us out in our fundraising department and helping book churches like this and um, helping book the stores that maybe you've um, seen us standing out in front of and raising funds for the ministry. So again, um, it's not about just letting go of those things that we shouldn't be doing. It's about discovering the purpose that Jesus Christ has for us and doing the things that he intended for us to do all along. At this time, we have one more song that we're going to sing. And um, I would just encourage you, everything that you heard this morning, it isn't because we have like this special, you know, connection with the Lord or we're, you know, this elite team of people. It's just because we cried out to Jesus. The same Jesus that we cried out to is, is the Jesus that we're going to cry out to as we worship him in this song. And as I mentioned earlier, whatever it is, maybe, maybe you don't have a need, but whatever, however degrees of, however many degrees of separation there are between you and the person you know that does have a need, we can stand in the gap for them and we can worship and praise Jesus and we can appeal to him on their behalf. We can stand on the gap, stand in the gap for them. And I, I, I can tell you for sure that every single one of us on this platform, and I would venture to say every single one of us in the pews at one point had someone who was interceding for us and standing in the gap. And that's the reason why we're here today in the plan and the purpose of Jesus Christ. So would you worship us, or worship, not us, that'd be weird. Would you worship Jesus with us one more time?
the Lord. Sorry I'm late coming to the pulpit. I wanted to just sit in Jesus' presence for the rest of the day, but apparently we have obligations here. <laughs> um, thank you again for having us, and um, we appreciate um, you allowing us to interrupt your regular routine on a Sunday. <laughs> um, but before we depart, I just want to go over a couple of ways that we can continue to partner together. And I alluded to this first one already, 
and it is uh, for us to be able to partner together through prayer. And I trust as you came in this morning that you received one of our prayer cards. Um, I would encourage you that whatever your request is, um, please fill that prayer request card out and you can return it to our product table in the foyer, uh, which Pastor Dan has graciously allowed us to set up back there. Um, and our men uh, take these prayer request cards and we put them in, our, in a basket in our chapel and the men, every scheduled prayer meeting that we have, the men go through that uh, basket and they take these prayer request cards and they pray for them. Um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, this, is, this is not a gimmick. Everything that you're hearing, all the dollar a day sponsorships, it sounds like a neat little commercial. Um, but 23 years ago, the, re the Lord reached down from heaven out of eternity into time and he grabbed my soul 23 years ago and he has never let go. And I continue to serve him to this day. And these men that you heard this morning, Jason and, and the other testimony that you heard, that's the same opportunity that we want these men to have. And whatever opportunity is that you need in your life as you fill out these prayer request cards, we want you to have that as well. Um, so please partner with us in prayer and we wanna partner with you in prayer. When you return your prayer request card to our product table, you'll also notice back there that we have some products that we brought with us. Um, as I mentioned earlier, we do not, the program itself does not receive any government funding. And it's not that we have a problem with the, I, I love the country that we live in and no government is gonna work until Jesus comes back and it's completely placed on his shoulders. So, but we really do enjoy the opportunity to partner with the local church and raise the funds that it requires for this ministry to take place. So that's what these products um, offer us the opportunity to do. When you're back there, you'll notice our cutting boards. Um, our cutting boards are handcrafted by men all throughout uh, the New England region in the, in the Teen Challenge program and then our program in New Jersey. Um, and these give us an opportunity to um, Again, as the men develop a skill and we, we sell them, we raise funds uh, for the Ministry of Adult and Teen Challenge. Also, you'll notice our Changed Lives books. These are a, uh, books are a compilation of testimonies of men and women that God has set free from the power of addiction. Uh, so if you know anyone who's struggling or you know somebody who knows somebody who's struggling, these books are a great uh, resource for you to have in your library. Um, Another way that we can partner together again is through our dollar a day sponsorship and I'm gonna ask the men to come up. Our assistant director, Steve Stokes, some time ago, um, did some math and he calculated that it costs us $2,400 a month uh, to support each resident in our program. And right now with the apprentices and the residents, we have about 20. Um, so <laughs> you could do that math and it, and it um, adds up pretty quickly. We're able to reach that amount somewhat by our $700 induction fee and our $700 a month sponsorship program but I remember 23 years ago that when I was steeped in my addiction and steeped in my alcoholism that I wasn't necessarily walking around with you know $700 in my pocket 
and they took me into the program anyway because there was a strong conviction back then to take men in whether they had the money or not, and there's a strong conviction now to take men in whether they have the money or not. So our dollar a day sponsorship gives us the opportunity to continue to do that. Um, if you're interested in sponsoring a resident for a dollar a day, if you just slip your hand up, Eric, and hey, um, sorry, <laughs> the other brother will hand you our pamphlet. The last way that we can partner together is through our new Adult and Teen Challenge app, which you can acquire for free through this QR code. If you pull out your phone now, you can scan the QR code and it'll bring you to a store that will allow you to download our app. And in the app, all the information that you would need for Adult and Teen Challenge not just in Connecticut, but throughout the region is available. Our admissions information is available there. Um, anything that you would want to know about the program is available in our app. And these are some ways that we can continue to partner together and see God bring addiction to an end in this great state of Connecticut of ours. Again, thank you for having us this morning. We greatly appreciate it. moment, I'm going to invite the ushers to come and receive a, an offering for the support of the Ministry of Adult and Teen Challenge. But before they come, I'd like to read one scripture to you and uh, just observe a few things about this. Um, this is Romans 8 and 1. These are the words. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. I watched with some measure of interest as the Congress of the United States attempted to elect a new speaker of the house. And as you know, it was an interesting process this particular year. Part of the, the outcome of that election is whoever is elected speaker gets to set the rules for how the House will operate in its next session. So they determine what types of motions and bills will come to the table and all that sort of stuff is established by those rules. Those rules, they don't just live forever. Each time they elect a new speaker, those rules change and they decide what rules, what laws the Congress is going to operate under, which is interesting to me. Because you know, in the real world, there are rules and laws that never change regardless of who the Speaker of the House is or whatever we decide. Because these are rules that are not human rules. These are the rules that exist. The author of Roman tells us that the wages of sin is death. Nothing we can do to change that law. That law will always be with us. Sin will always destroy us. But quickly, the author moves to, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because why? The law of the spirit of life sets us free from the first law. The law that says the wages of sin is death is overruled 
by life in the Spirit. And that's why there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Well, what does it mean then to be in Christ Jesus? Well, it means that we have become a part of his family that we have humbly admitted our need of him. We've humbly admitted our sin to him and we've invited him to come and be Lord of master of our life so that we can abide in him, so that we can live in Christ Jesus now and forever. And we can be free from death and we can enjoy the freedom that is ours by the spirit that's in us. And that's good news for all of us, isn't it? All of us who know that Christ has come in and that we have the opportunity now to live forever with him. We praise the Lord for that. That's a great, great piece of news. That's, that's the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we can be free to live in him. And so I would encourage you this day and every day to live in Christ. That means surrendering and abandoning my choices to his choice. It means making my resources his resources. It means determining my schedule based on what he speaks to me. It means all that I am is his and I'm simply a steward of gifts he gives us here and now. And I live my life to glorify him. That's what it means to live in Christ Jesus. It means that the Holy Spirit who comes into our heart and speaks to us, when he says something to us, we don't debate whether we're going to obey or not. We've already said yes. And when he says jump, we say how high? Because he is the Lord of life and we are his. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Thanks be to God. Would you sing with me this morning? I need you, oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh God, how I need you. Ushers, come forward, we're going to pray, and then we'll receive an offering. Come on, ushers. Heavenly Father, thank you for the joy we have in serving you. Thank you, Lord, for these testimonies of your grace. We pray that you would bring each of the men we saw today to freedom in you, and that their liberty and their joy would be complete because they live in you moment by moment. Use them to your glory, we pray, for we ask this in Christ's name. We ask this of each of us as well, that you'd use us to your glory. For we pray this in the name of Christ. Amen. Would you be seated while we take the offering? And we'll sing that song once more while they do it. I need you, oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh God, how I need you. 
and now may the glory of God be reflected in your faces, that you would bring joy to him moment by moment, now through all eternity. Amen. Go in peace.